welcome to the Irish Take On The Great British Bake Off. This week is Biscuit Week and what a week it was. It's one of those weeks you do not want heat in that tent because it will ruin the biscuits. Yeah, there's always heat in that tent with Paul Hollywood's head in there. Anyway, thanks for joining us again this week. I'm Paddy Courtney and my co-host is my good pal Louise Lennox. She's that chef from the telly that's always up for laugh. And I'm an actor, screenwriter and full confession. Yet again, I've never baked a cake or a loaf of bread, not even during lockdown. So, Lou, what did you make of this week? Well, this week, once again, Paddy had me cringing. I absolutely hate the opening of the show. I just, <laughs> I'm saying, bring back that long walk down the grass holding some kind of fluffy rabbit or squirrel or something, as opposed to having Noel and Matt dressed up or superimposed as a biscuit with Paul eating them. I just, it just doesn't work. Yeah, I think Can they not do do something not, there's something a bit. I don't the, the comedy was flat this week. There's something I, I didn't really it didn't grab me at all. I was just going, okay, oh, forget about the comedy, just hoping that the baking would shine because like like I, I thought it was a bit weird at the start that uh, Paul Hollywood came and took a bite out of Matt and Noel because everybody knows if Paul Hollywood was a biscuit, he'd eat himself. Am I right? I just dunk him in a a thing of tea and I wouldn't save him. Don't just yeah, <laughs> let him sink him and, to the bottom. Don't come and leave him. Anyway, we opened up with the first thing was brandy snaps. Can I ask you a question about brandy snaps? Okay. I've yeah. never heard of brandy snaps. Tell me the good, bad, different, most difficult thing about making a brandy snap. Well, brandy snaps are actually really easy. And I know everyone's going to say, really? They are because you don't have to worry too much about chilling butter and keeping their shape. They're they're baked and they spread. And then the trick with brandy snaps is that you have to mould them literally straight out of the oven because they they set really fast. So any criminals that are looking to get rid of any fingerprints, they're your new favourite biscuit to bake because they'll probably burn off any kind of fingerprints on the tips of your fingers. Um, And then it's just kind of choosing a filling. I would have put them in ice cream years ago when I worked in restaurants just to stop ice cream sliding all over the plate. So they're my insurance policy for uh, serving desserts. I don't think they're the most exciting biscuit to eat. I would kind of pass on them. But I was intrigued to see how the people on this challenge would um, make them look amazing. Not not very exciting, you say. And I think, you know, you're not the only person to say that because the filling that our young Freya had put in hers was, it was almost that she couldn't be arsed saying the word. It was cappuccino. Uh, Can we actually hear how she says it? Cappuccino. 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 Can you say cappuccino one more time? (laughs) One more cappuccino for the road. Cappuccino. <laughs> oh my god, it almost sends you to sleep. Like I love that lazy way the young kids speak now as if they just couldn't be arsed with that cappuccino. Is cappuccino actually the uh female version of cappuccino? I don't know, but I did pause, rewind, listen to I listened to I think it's infectious the way she says it. And then I was trying to mimic her going cappuccino and I was like, How many seconds did she hold the end? And I was going, Paddy will tell me because he's the professional voiceover artist. I'm only the mimic. It was infectious. And then when she filled her cappuccino with all of the um all, all of the espresso, Paul actually said to her, And how many shots do you have in that? And she's like eight tablespoons and he was shocked I was like but eight by 24 I mean that's only one teaspoon 
her like filling. Like I actually don't think that that's that much, really. Has he never had a cappuccino in his well, life? I think actually, well, yeah, she's obviously never tasted because if she said, did take all those spoons of uh, espresso coffee, she'd be saying uh, cappuccino, 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 <gasps> cappuccino. Well, Paddy, that wasn't in one cup. That was. Divided between 24 and I'm going to give you a little bit of maths here and I am dyslexic so I did foundation maths when I was in school so I'm not very good at adding or subtracting but 24, right? So she'd eight tablespoons so that goes in three times and I worked out that it's roughly one teaspoon per um, brandy snack basket that she had which isn't that much when you think about the average cappuccino has one shot so I think he was just saying something again just to have something to Sorry, say you went into sh- maths mode there and I, I think I'd rather listen to uh, cappuccino than listen to all the okay, maths well, but you know what the, my favourite thing she about, did well she did well a fair play to her and my, my favourite one was this this time around was um, of course Rashika because she heard about this podcast she heard about there was an, a couple of Irish paddies doing a chat about the Great British Bake Off and she decided to load her brandy snap with Irish cream liqueur. So big it up to Rashika. I'm going to be shouting for her from now on just because she used Irish cream ingredients in hers. You know, booze saves the day. Whenever a dessert was going to fail or if you wanted to sell more, we'd always put alcohol in them and people would order them more. And I'm not just saying that. It's not just an Irish thing. It's a global fact. (laughs) (laughs) Got a laugh, haven't you? I've never making brandy snaps again. And he's just chill. He's so rushing. Stressing. This is killing me. Guys, I'm freaking out. Typical. <laughs> it broke. The other one that I was just like so bowled over by was I'm going to pronounce his name wrong. Jazz, what's his name? Our Caribbean oh, friend. Yeah. It's like, uh, well, so I've, I've written down as one. Is Jarzino? Jayzano? No. Jay Leno? <laughs> J- like, it, it's one of them. Just I tried a, to write it phonetically. Yeah, just said. Trini- and I still can't pronounce it. Our, our guy from Trinidad. And to be fair, we don't really have to learn his name anymore because uh, he's now. <laughs> Jared, bye bye. <laughs> I was hoping he goes like so everyone's name that I can't pronounce. They just need to go early because this is just going to become torturous. Yeah. So just call him Jay Z. <laughs> Jay Z. So when they went around to him and he'd finished these and he was a little bit slow last time. He, he Paul keeps going. And have you practiced these? And have you timed them? He's like, yeah, yeah, of course I practiced them. I was like in his sleep. So he filled his with chocolate, passion fruit, and pineapple. And I was thinking to myself, they sound a bit weird I wouldn't order them and then you look oh at God. them I was the opposite I would love that that's exa- I like I would love to eat that I just think it's amazing my, my problem with that was they showed he's the most laid back guy in this whole competition ever and they did a cutaway of him jogging with his dog <laughs> I went like he has never jogged before in his life I think he was out just for a walk and they just sped up the footage <laughs> to make him look so as if he's no. jogging just <laughs> Laid back Jay Zeno. His, his ones looked disgusting. I mean, if you, if somebody served those to you, they'd probably serve it with like, you know, 10 euros just to get you to eat them. But they did like the flavour. So I have to say hands down to him, I would have been a bit of a pastry snob there and then wouldn't thought I would have liked it. But I have to tell you, my favourite of this entire um, signature challenge, and it wasn't anyone that did amazingly well, it was Lizzie. I loved the fact that when they went around to interview her, that, they said, um, and what are you basing it on? She goes, my favorite fast food apple pie that's deep fried. So I was like, okay, well, we can all tell where that's from. And, you know, it's red and yellow, the colors with a big M sign because she can't say any brands on the show. And then um, Paul's looking at it. So it's all finished and it looks 
pretty unappetizing. Her little dog that she was taking for a walk, Prue, looked like Prue, the dog, had dumped on top of this brandy snap. So then <laughs> Paul goes, and what's that on top? And she goes, it's clanginess and congealed stuff. And I was going, that looks like something that my plumber removed from my sink last week. It's like, it doesn't even sound appetizing just... and it looks disgusting. And she says it. You shouldn't use words like that. Shouldn't use words like claggy and congealed for anything to do with food like that. She spent more time out watching Harry Potter films than she was uh, learning how to uh, describe her beautiful bake. So, yeah, sorry. And I actually thought there and then that was the time that Lizzie was going to go. I need a vocabulary so I can... Is it not a vocabulary? What's a diction? Like the diction thesaurus. I need a thesaurus. We won't just expand on bacon, we'll expand on mind. Um, I think we should wrap up on this, but I, one last thing I've got to say about that, that segment was Jürgen used an insane amount of cinnamon What's an insane amount of cinnamon? It's just, it's almost like I'm going to be dangerous this week and use an insane amount. So let's move on. I'm calling him Go the on. Baconator. Jurgen is the Baconator <laughs> with his spice ch- chai creme patissier. And they were so bowled over by that. So he definitely is really good with his flavors. And I'd say he probably tested that around 40 times. He even said it took a long time to develop it. And I'm there going, he's talking as if he does this for a living. And it's only a pastime. Good man, the Jurgenator. The Jurgenator. Oh, yeah, the Jurgenator. That's even better. Paddy, this is why we're a great team. Starch wraps around protein strands of the egg yolk and uh, prevents it from curdling. Putting the buttercream on atom by atom. So we're done with the Jurgenator and we now move on to the what's next up, Blue? This week, the technical challenge was set by Paul. I always think he looks a bit small because he's really out to kind of show how great he is and you're going to mess this up. Um, and he said he wanted perfectionism. So the Jammy Dodger, I adore Jammy Dodgers. They got an hour and 45 minutes to make them. I was thinking they so are stitching these poor contestants up because that is going to be very tough going. Um, and the one thing with these Jammy Dodgers is it needs to be chilled and they didn't get the butter chilled down. They are not going to be having biscuits, but kind of more disasters. And I think we saw that this evening, but I love that about the technical challenges. I love that they have the same recipe, the same ingredients, and they can go so beautifully wrong and different. And you get all these random takes on this classic um, delicious biscuit. I feel so sorry for, again, Jarzino, because he's like, he's as calm and collected and cool and slow as Jürgen but the Jürgenator just is a machine this guy he's just he just moves at a different pace or his mind moves at a different pace uh, than Jarzino um, all the J's and yet he was just yeah a little bit hopeless in that um, yeah Jamie Dodgers I think Amanda said it when um, why go to the bother of putting ourselves through all this sweat and tears when we can just go and buy them for 11 pence in the shops you see that's the whole thing with baking it's like why do anything when you can buy it because it tastes better homemade Paddy it tastes better homemade I'm 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 all about the also, shortcuts, but you just you just can't get butter, you know, for ten p, especially when there's like twenty four biscuits. But as a jammy dodger, the important ingredient is the yes. jam. So I've got to ask this question. I can't remember how long they were set for this particular challenge, but I think it was Crystal who had really sticky, gooey. Like, does jam not take ages to make? No, like you can make jam in four oh. minutes, coming to rolling boil. Like the thing is that, well. I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase so I've that. Been Once my your life. fruit becomes mushy, depends how much pectin it, which is the setting agent. You can get sugars that have that added in and it normally comes from apples, for instance. And then once your fruit comes to rolling boil, it's around four minutes and your jam is made. It just takes longer for it to cool and set. 
But I will say, when I saw Crystal making her jam, I was like, oh, that looks like Play-Doh. Jam never looks like Play-Doh. And then you saw her stretching on top of the biscuit. I was like, I think that's been cooked for a little bit too long. Um, and I think she was purposely making it like that because she is now starting to become this very easily stressed person. You saw her doing a little prayer before they came over and talked to her. And later on the show as well, she's just, uh, I can't do this. I can't go on. Um, I, I think she was kind of like, it was all starting to get to her. So I think, do you know those stress balls or that stress goo? I think instead of making jam, she just went ahead and made a, a big ball of stress goo instead that she could uh, mould in her I hands. I remember her, she did well last week and I think she's Paul's pet. I think he's a little twinkle in his eye for Crystal. Um, and for that reason, I think she did have a little bit more um, pressure on herself. And then, so, and then when it's not going well, remember when you are given a recipe, I mean, if I was given a recipe, I've never made before. I've got cameras on me. I've got crew running around waiting for me to do something wrong. And I have a cryptic message, you know, left in a bottle by the sea telling me how to make it. I think I'd be nervous as well. I'm thinking, oh no, I'm so going to get this wrong. I think, uh, and, and towards the end, sort of, uh, I think Freya was high up there in the end, but I'm not too sure if she used any uh, vegan ingredients this week. There was no real mention of that. Oh, every week I think they're going to mention she's a vegan because they mentioned it in her showstopper. I think they're just not going to mention every single voiceover because um, somebody is just going to explode. I identify as an Irish man, so I make everything with whiskey or Guinness. Or like, so if she's a vegan, um, does she have to use vegan ingredients? I'm if not she's sure. going to eat it, she would. But if she's only going to serve it to Paul, although I did hear she's going to move a backlash from the community because she shouldn't what? be touching ingredients that aren't vegan. But I'm kind of going, she's in a competition. If she doesn't uh, do the technical challenge, uh, she's going home. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. But she, she's not the queen of vegans, okay? Just leave the girl alone, okay? But she was high up. I think she was third or fourth or something like that this week. And the Jurgenator, did he win he, this challenge? He came I first think he was. And Giuseppe, Giuseppe oh, came second. But like what I thought was... <laughs> Say that again. Uh, like, Giuseppe's... Can getting... people not just be kind of Adam and Paul? Like I can read those words. They're four letters. Got... They're easy to me, you know? Can... and Barry, bring back <laughs> those this... books. <laughs> uh, Contestant A, B, C or D. <laughs> so what I thought was really funny was Rashika because when they were making this technical challenge and like if this was me and I wasn't sure, I'd be looking at and going, he normally gets this right. What's he doing? Oh, he's putting his dough in the fridge. I'm going to put my dough in my fridge. No, no, no. Instead, she rolls it out. Everyone else has their biscuit cut out and she decides to cut them out, but bake them all in one sheet and they're all mushed together. And then she's trying to finish them off at the end, putting the imprint in. And I'm like going, really? Could you not just look at what your name, remember when you were a kid, like don't copy your neighbor. I think this is the point when you should copy your neighbor because your neighbor like nearly always knows what to do. Um, but so I was watching Body Language, Paddy. I'm all, I've got books about body language, but you don't need to be a pop body language specialist like me. I actually paused my television oh. and took a photograph because at the very end, when they line up and they're like, you know, and in first place is Jurgen, second place is Giuseppe. Um, and then Crystal, she came 10th. So she wasn't last, but you knew she wasn't happy. And so the three of them happened to be sitting together. And so nearly all the other bakers are sitting there with, you know, arms between their legs. And Crystal's the only one that are really tightly arms folded. And she's a really 
pissed off face and I was like oh she can't even wow. hide the emotion you know when you're you're like you're the oh. Oscar and you're like oh, I'm so happy and my friend's gotten this she just couldn't she couldn't put on a game face I was like girl you yeah, need of the course game you, face of course you bring that up of course, of course you bring up that something like that where an actor like me never wins anything of course I've practiced that grimmest face so often and we'd like to I was just happy to be nominated no you were not don't break any windows tear any flaps <laughs> Okay. Ten, you know. I know what you mean. Ten flaps. I I got it. It's fine. It's somewhere. <laughs> I can't even pull this out of the gutter. Right. Let's move on. Let's get on to the next one. The, is the showstopper our last one? The show. This is so difficult. The showstopper. Like they're forcing them to be engineers again. Like you just let them bake. Just let them be bakers. This week's showstopper. They were given the challenge to build to build again, Paddy, a three D biscuit replica of their favorite childhood toy and you're kind of going okay yeah well, okay that's a good enough challenge and then Nell's like and it has to be delicious you're like well obvious and they said and it needs to have an element of interaction I'm like are you trying to send these bakers <laughs> over the edge like my favorite toy was Barbie I'm even wearing a Barbie top tonight as we are doing this podcast I'm going yeah just remember this is people are just listening to us they can't know, see it but how would I I'm kind of going how would I do Barbie 3D this interactive case you'd be in a house but what else would happen a trapdoor that she falls through I don't know um, so but at least if you're making a Ken doll you don't have to make the bits no because they're all stuck on there's no bits <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> took me a while to get that Yes, yes, I know. Poor Ken. Right, so what do we have? That We had like Jürgen and his windy, windy grandpa's windmill. Like, you know, he just, again, like I'm, he's amazing, but I'm starting to go, like you're too much of a machine, dude. Like he, he could have just like slapped himself in in, to, in pastry and go, yes, I used to play with myself as a child. <laughs> Actually, no, that sounds... <laughs> I did not mean that as a kid. Yeah, you know, uh, Come on, give us a third yeah, one. No, well, what I thought was funny oh, was yeah, no. Maggie and Jurgen both said we didn't really have toys as kids. And I'm going, I've been to a toy museum in Prague. I've seen teddy bears from like, you know, the 1600s. There were teddy bears back then, if nothing else. Oh, do a teddy bear that lights up. <laughs> there were some really amazing ones this week to be fair like this actually as a showstopper like everybody bar one um, did amazing jobs and I was so I was so happy for George because like that is, his uh, flying machine was not taken off until when he actually needed to happen when he planked it down in front of them and the, the, his uh, aeroplane started to fly and then of course old Paul just reached in clipped its wings and took a bite out of it like it just I, th- I think everything Paul does winds me I was, up anyway so uh, I think George really made a massive improvement this week and the showstopper is where you're really going to show off all of your talents um, and his plane when they were like 3D and interactive like his plane spun around his plane made the plane noise and when we haven't really seen many planes this year I was quite excited to see a plane that was flying <laughs> yeah. so when Paul referred to, to George's plane as being plain and he would have loved to have seen more detail I'm going but this guy's plane's flying around like lots of other people's stuff is doing what his is and then they they go into the tent, you know, and the judges in this tent are saying who's safe, who they're worried about. And George has not been mentioned at all. And I really have fallen in love with Matt Lucas from this episode because I went, you know what, Matt Lucas, fair play to you because he actually said, um, I have to pull you up on this. And he said to Paul, 
or well, the judges, but I knew he was secretly digging it up all. He said, you know, nobody has mentioned George's plane. And you could see then they were starting to kind of mention it begrudgingly. And um, and I really liked that he did that. And I do actually think he did that off his own back. You could tell again, I'm going to say it by his body language, um, that it wasn't something that his director possibly said in the air. Or, um, and, and I think he really did feel that this was somebody that was being very much overlooked. And I really agreed with him on that one. Um, and you know, I think... I can't believe he called him out, though. He's actually said to him, he's from Cyprus. You spent some time in Cyprus. You're a little bit older than him. You like the ladies. What else did he say to him? So, like, you know, I think he was trying to hint that uh, <laughs> Paul Hollywood might be showing his dad. <laughs> there are those ancestry kids. We can figure that out soon. But you know what I think? I think Paul's jealous of his beard because George has got a much better beard than Paul Hollywood has. Um, the other, the other th- ones that stood out for me, I loved... Oh my God, these names, Paddy Chiggs, Snooker Table. Chiggs, yeah, yeah. Amazing. His Snooker Table was brilliant. It was so simple, but yeah. so effective. And you could play it. Um, he reminds you of somebody. I can't figure out who he reminds you of. I keep looking and going, I've seen you before. Last week, didn't they say he looked like uh, Robert De Niro? No. Um, and also Andy Garcia, the guy that used to go out with Jordan. Peter there were too Andre. many people last week. I was there going, I don't know how half these people are. And I'm looking at this week going, I've, you know, when you're going, I've met you before. I don't know where I've met you. It'll probably take me, you know, six more episodes to figure it out. Loved his snooker table. I reckon he just looks like Chiggs from the Bake Off. That's simple as that. But I, I've got to say as well, the toys, the interactive toys that they had to play with. And Giuseppe came up with a game that everybody kind of nodded their head and it looked amazing. It was fantastic. But like, yes, when we were children, we played Reversi and everybody's nodding their head. Nobody has ever heard of Reversi. <laughs> but you know what I thought was just, hilarious like just, was the fact that on. it's just really... Sorry, that was something falling on the ground here. What I thought was really entertaining was it's how you sell it you know it's the emperor's clothes going well this is interactive because I played this game as a child and it you know reminds me of these lovely memories and you flip these biscuits so I'm like so he flips biscuits and then Lizzie's getting into trouble because she built a car and you paint it and Paul's going mm, you're kind of like is it really that interactive it's a little bit you know being creative interactive like but Giuseppe's telling you to flick biscuits and you're giving him pats on backs again another teacher's pet I think Paul wants to go to Italy on holidays and he's got to stay in because he doesn't want to quarantine the hotels yeah. I think Amanda missed a trick there when Amanda's like poor old Amanda's poor horse Amanda. basically was heading for the glue factory right from the start even before they went to the ad break we knew it was going there but when it finally collapsed and I wondered did Freya kind of pinch it a little bit harder than she was as she was helping her put it down on the uh, the chair but I think she should have just called it you know what is this oh it's my oh good old game from years ago Buckaroo <laughs> when everything collapsed <laughs> she should have just said that and get away riding the rocket horse it Amanda made Buckaroo and she wouldn't like <laughs> she would have been okay anyway like, she was safe let's wrap no, let's wrap up this I segment just because have to say on, one more thing about Amanda's horse and oh. I know I know we're probably over time but you know when the artist does the impression like I'm going to make this rocking horse and it's detailed and I'm going to make this biscuit that I'm not going to do what anyone else is doing which is the sturdy biscuit that doesn't break the gingerbread I'm going to make a butter biscuit because it tastes nice and so the artist draws their impression and again I took a photograph of the TV because I went does it really say that because it flashes up very fast 
and in the horse um it has thin shaped legs <laughs> it's going do they really describe it as that i was like are they hinting this thing is going to break so i predict it was going to break and then before then then it comes back to her and they're like and her biscuit is already baked and she's starting to mold it and i was like oh this thing's going to actually just completely break but then so did so we kind of knew even me like I, I'm not a baker and I knew that when they hinted at you know she's the only one not using gingerbread this this horse is going to end up like the same thing that I backed in last year's Grand National and um, I think it's gone the same way as hers gone to the glue factory and Jafer, what what's that name your man's name that we can't say you said it right one Jerzino I love the fact that like his, his ship was wrecked, but he then just renamed it going with the shipwreck. And I was like, genius, just getting a bit of water and he's won. <laughs> That's Amanda should have copped on for that. Right, that was the end of it. And we called it again. Jurgen became star baker yet again. The Jurgenator got through to the family and it was a beautiful scene. The phone rang, somebody answered, Hello, Benjamin, <laughs> this is Jurgen. I am star baker again. Like, that's no way to speak to your son. Is it? <laughs> Hello, Benjamin. This is Daddy. This is Papa here. Go, no, come on, Benjamin. Go. Who's this? <laughs> Who this? Because when he answered the phone, I was going, like, is that his son he's talking to? Is he not like Dad or whatever the German for Dad is? This is Jurgen. Yeah. And then I was no. a bit confused, going, it, maybe they've guessed staying, and somebody else picked up the phone. <laughs> yeah, if that was Ireland. Hello, Benjamin. Yeah, I'll put my on. <laughs> I was kind of thinking of myself, I hope some of the answers this week. I hope they don't tell them the rabbit died. Somebody stood on it. Well the way they were the way they were editing it, they went they went back to him and went back to uh Jersey and say goodbye. I went, ah oh, no, please pick up the phone. Please pick up the phone. Right, come on, we better wrap, wrap it up there because um I've got a cake in the oven. What did you learn new this week that you didn't know before? Uh well I didn't learn how to say Jersey's <laughs> name. <laughs> So basically, this week I learned that it's very difficult to mix comedy and baking because uh, I thought the baking fell flat. No, this week I learned that Paul Hollywood is possibly George's father. (laughs) And this week I learned that if I want anyone to ever represent me, I want Matt Lucas to stand up from my corner because I just I really respected that he he stood up for the underdog go Matt right so folks that is it thanks for listening to episode 2 of the Irish take on the great British bake-off tell a friend family member or co-worker about this podcast help spread the word and if you can leave us an L rating and a review along with hitting that follow button it would be very much appreciated I'm Paddy Courtney and she was Louise Lennox we're back again next week for another bake-off review and even more Paul Hollywood slagging the Irish take on the great British bake-off is produced by Gordon Hayden chat to you all next week bye bye bye